It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I grew up seeing things a little differently Appearing, disappearing, hardly innocent Nor tied down to the ground I learned to roll and tumble with the punches Glory in my stripes and spots Walk by invisible and never make a sound But heavy is the crown that's always hidden Tender is the heart you never see Hard and fast shines the grin that we flash But there's a vulnerable stripe or two on me Maybe any place outside of Wonderland is not for me, my friend If I leave my grin behind, remind me That we're all mad here, and it's okay Sun up, sun down, the shadows hide me down in Wonderland Wonderland, nobody knows the way But if you find it in your dreams, you can find it at your day job Somewhere south of hell Take the path to left or right with just your gut to guide you The story is not for anyone else to tell Go down the rabbit hole and out the other side You can't go home in the middle of the magic carpet ride You gotta greet the sun before his lovely daughter moon You can't forsake the journey for the safety of your room Until you learn your lesson Learn to see and hear everybody loud and clear But the truth comes down in riddles that are safe enough to share That's how it is in songs you see And stripes always looked good on me Whether or not I'm really there Heavy is the burden of the wise ones When no one understands a word they say The Jabberwock never bothered anyone But nobody believes him to this day
in behind remind me that we're all mad here and it's okay. If I leave my grin behind remind me that we're all mad here and it's okay. If I leave my grin behind remind me that we're all mad here and it's okay. If I leave my grin behind remind me that we're all mad here and it's okay. Hello and welcome to Pig and Musings. This is the first recorded program that we've done in the KZUM podcast studio. want to thank KZUM for allowing us to use that space, as well as for allowing us to have the show on their podcast feed. I'm Rev Kess, and I'm joined today in the studio by my new host with me here is uh, Charles Griffin, or Crow, of the Order of the Red Grail. Yoo-hoo. Hello, folks. Hello. We've had you on the show once, twice, maybe? A couple times. I, I lose track. I mean, I see you quite often on Sunday mornings with yep. uh, Murphy's Magic Mess, so it kind of all blends together after a while. Yep, I've been putting in some time as a minion. And we've known each other for a number of years now. At least a decade. At least a decade, and I've known your lovely wife for... Longer. Longer. Not <laughs> exactly going to say how long. <laughs> well, the Grail's, the Grail's been in operation here in Lincoln for 25 years this coming year. So it's no surprise that paths have crossed in relationships built in time progressing together. Yeah, there was even a point in time where uh, the tradition that I was trained in was kind of at odds with the uh, Red Grail. That was when uh, uh, Jason was still directly involved. Yeah. Uh, may he rest well in the Summerlands. I'm sure he is. If he hasn't already come back and causing havoc for somebody else. I haven't seen him. <laughs> well, he might not come back to this area. No. <laughs> but anywho, um, Kali Sarah has uh, decided to kind of retire from podcasting for now. She's doing a, uh, a YouTube series on writing, and uh, you can find that by searching her out on YouTube, uh, Kali Sarah, or Practically Writing. She's got almost 50 episodes of that up now. Wow. She's and, been coming very accomplished on her own, isn't she? Yeah, she's uh, decided that she wants to focus more on the kids mm-hmm. and the writing career. Obviously, with you know fifty, almost fifty YouTube videos, and she's uh, got two full-length novels out to her name, plus countless short stories and anthologies. And yeah, she does the uh, Goddess for Kids, right? Uh, the ABC book of uh, goddesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, she's uh, looking for an illustrator that can be similar mm-hmm. to that one to do the ABC Book of Gods. Very nice. That one was was a beautiful read. Mm-hmm. And it's simple enough to be able to pretty much read the entire thing during one broadcast and interact. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice. Yeah, she uh, let's see here. She put that one out as Selena Wolfcat. That's uh, the. Uh, Moniker that she uses for her children's books. She's got another one that she uses for her rather adult material, if you follow. Yes, of course. <laughs> They're fun reads, too, but for entirely different reasons. But we're not going to go into that. <laughs> uh, since this is our first time doing this in this studio, as well as the first time you and I doing it face-to-face instead of over Skype, figured we'd start out like we did with Cheshire Kitten from S.J. Tucker, because, well, we are all kind of mad here. <laughs> But that is okay. And it's going to be a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So Uh, so, uh, hang with us. Yes, please do. We'll charm your socks off eventually. 
Eventually, yeah. And it is, you know, pagan musings, so don't be surprised if we kind of ramble on mm -hmm. about something. We'll try to kick each other softly under the counter right. here we'll, when we'll we We'll bring go. some good subjects to bear also. Yeah, but since this is your first time as being a co-host on the show, I figured it would be a wonderful opportunity for you to introduce yourself to the listeners in that capacity instead of just as a guest. I know most of the information is going to overlap, but since you've only been on maybe two times before. There's plenty of ground to cover. Plenty of ground to cover, <laughs> yes. It, you know, we could probably fill a year. Well, I am formerly known as, as High Lord Carrion Crow, uh, High Priest and Knight of the Order of the Red Grail, which is a, um, a coven located in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, which is a hive off from a coven from North Carolina of the same name, which both still exist. I have recently in the last couple of years taken up the role as the high priest. Um, and it has been a fruitful and learning experience. <laughs> That's for sure. Taking the, the reins of an already long existing um, organization of any kind is always a challenge. Luckily, I actually got the opportunity to grow up within it um, as far as spiritually, and I worked my way the traditional way from a student on up through all the ranks and uh, then took the place that was waiting. Yeah, that's definitely probably one of the better ways of coming into a position like that. Oh, I would agree. There, yeah. it, there wasn't a lot of road rash. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Covenant of Cernunnos, which has been around for a little bit longer, maybe, you know, a month <laughs> longer, uh, give or take. I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to check our archives as to when everything started, but it was kind of one of those uh, road rash and road rage type situations. And, uh, and those are the kind of things that either galvanize or uh, completely dissipate good organizations or relationships of any kind mm -hmm. well for both situations more than 25 years later essentially we're we're still around we're still alive and kicking and growing yeah. in one way or another uh i know the grail keeps uh growing oh yes we've added on um the uh the grail church membership in the last couple of years um to give the opportunity so we don't take very many students but we do have we do perform open circles every month on the sunday closest to the full moon you know calendar and we do live in modern times mm -hmm. um but we take on several seekers and those who want to become more involved with the church activities can um uh, donate and participate and become a part of private circles um uh, advantage places in in uh, events working with being a part of and it's been working out pretty well. Um, so the church body grows. We don't expect it to ever be gigantic, but fifty is pretty happy in this community because we do manage to, we do manage to spawn multiple uh, religious paths, and we honor all paths. Mm -hmm. And that's been very beneficial. And it's a learning another set of learning experiences, especially coming up in this coven where we do have members of many different paths and traditions. Uh, learning enough about them to be complementary in understanding and to be able to 
minister to people of different varying paths has been the biggest probably challenge other than taking on a role in the, in the, um, the Wilsonstein Wiccan Seminary, which in its own has been another addition to my already well-stocked library, and <laughs> it keeps keeps evolving. And also our relationship with the Aquarian Tabernacle Church um, has been another state of being very fruitful and beneficial relationships. So I guess we're pretty blessed in a lot of different directions right now. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest difference with how the the two groups that we've been talking about, the Order of the Red Grail and the Covenant of Kernunos, how they they grew and, and evolved, the biggest difference seems to be that the Grail went more organized, if you will. Hmm. Organized. <laughs> Well, we yeah, are. we More are of a, pretty highly organized. Yeah, so. well, compared to some of the groups that I've experienced, definitely highly organized. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uh, Covenant of Cronos went more uh, private, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of them have evolved and done well, but still seeking to the uh, dare to know and dare to remain silent. Sorry, I'm tangled over here, and I'm trying to get it straightened out without disrupting yep. too much. Remember, we're in a new studio, and it ah. is new. We are blessed with these surroundings. Yes, um, since you know, we mentioned the new studio again and all that, not just a big thank you to KZUM for uh, opening up their doors to, and allowing us to use this space, but a big thank you to their listeners mm. uh, because of the listeners of the KZUM community, because it is a community radio station. KZM is able to do what they do. You know, uh, what was it, five, six years ago, moving from a tiny little space in downtown Lincoln? Into this wonderful uh, establishment with three studios? Three studios. One on-air live studio and two uh, production or recording studios of various uh, size and equipment levels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is probably the most state-of-the-art so far. And it's not exactly, you know, 2019 state of the art since no, we're almost there. But, but for our uses, this yeah. is like a slice of heaven. Oh, definitely. Considering up until tonight for uh, Pagan Musings, uh, it's been me sitting in my living room. But with now you a, have to wear a shirt, right? Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, but I don't have cats climbing all over <laughs> me or yowling going, where's our food? But, yeah, headset, microphone, and uh, almost a 10-year-old desktop. I can't believe it's almost that old already. Mm. Hey, it runs Windows 10 all right, I guess. Eh, it's better. No offense, it's better than Macintosh, I say, as I'm looking at a, a Mac- Macintosh here. A glorious <laughs> Mac. Yes, it is a great one. Solid state uh, hard drive, too, mm-hmm. so. Uh, uh, Ryan, the program manager here, gave us a bunch of information Sunday afternoon and on how the equipment works and how it all came into being for the studio. The whirlwind tour, so to speak. Yeah, it kind of was a whirlwind. You know, Set aside two hours. We did it in 90 minutes, mm-hmm. give or take. But you had to run off and do something. Well, strangely enough, I actually I got a pretty good amount of it. I've, I've played with Audacity and different types of sound mixing stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Nothing applying like we are now yeah oh, i've used audacity for most of the time that uh, the podcast has been going on but mostly for you know it's like okay let's do a recorded segment over skype mm-hmm. using this app to record 
found out Sunday that I could actually just record from Skype direct to Audacity. Hey, I didn't know that. <laughs> Haven't tried it out yet at home, but I will. And uh, so it begins. Yes, it's the madness continues. Thank you, <laughs> Cheshire Kitten there. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the madness continuing uh, with how things are going for the podcast now, going into 2019, going into the 10th year of the podcast, um, things are definitely going to be taking a different track. Because with this use of the studio here, mm-hmm. And the combined knowledge, background, and contacts between the two of us and our friends and family and associates that we have in the pagan community and elsewhere. Wow, we could almost do a daily show if we wanted to. Yeah. No. no. For a while. No, no. For a while, perhaps. But no, we're not going to do that. Not going to try to compete with our friends over at Pagans Tonight. No. But uh, y'all will most, in all likelihood, get to meet uh Virtually all the members of the Order of the Red Grail. Yeah, the um, let's see here. We've had Logan on the show once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the most recent visit that you did with us, I it think it was. Both of us. was both of you. And uh, <clears throat> I don't think we've actually had any of the other members of the Grail, that at least that I knew that they were members at the time, on the show. But we have had people from uh, the Aquarian Tabernacle Church on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend Terry Riley was on a number of years ago. One of my favorite people walking. <laughs> yeah, it's like I want to get Belladonna on also. We well, let's let's talk to her. <laughs> well, they, I think that's probably it's just going to be okay. Now, where can I fit that on my calendar? Well, every couple of years they do a complete tour of all the affiliates. Ooh, yeah, across the U.S. and then into Europe. Mm-hmm. So out Canada and Europe. So. Uh, We'll get the opportunity to have them in the area. We probably can get Bella or Bella and Dusty at the same time. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be. Lock them uh, in one room for a while and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, and I don't know. Might have to smudge the room before they get here. Right. <laughs> That's something I've been dying to do here at KZUM is smudge, smudge. the studios. <laughs> I just need to ask the uh, the station manager if I can do that because we used to do that on a, on a it was either a monthly or a weekly basis. At the terminal building? Here. Oh. The on-air studio. It wasn't uh, us with Murphy's Magic Mess that did it. It was the former uh, station manager. She would do it during uh setup for her show. That's awesome that they would let him do that. Mm-hmm. Well, she was the boss. She could do it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I just got to go through, you know, go through Carrie. And I know she's she's pretty excited about everything that can be possible here at KZOM. That's a pleasure to hear. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm in the KZUM studio, so I keep going back to KZUM. I got to remember this is Pagan Musings right now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. It's not Murphy's. It's not yeah. Lavender Hill. It's, it's like I might have to close the curtains that we have here so that I'm not as distracted with all the KZUM signage. I, I say he gets up and closes the curtains. Yeah. I have a minion. <laughs> <laughs> Sub minion, maybe. Uh, no, but uh, let's see here. Well, we've talked a little bit about the Red Grail, a little bit about the history and all that. But for those who are tuned in to listen and want to know, where can they go to find out more about the Red Grail? Well, if you would like to know more about the Order of the Red Grail, I would suggest, uh, first of all, go to www.orderoftheredgrail.org. That's our website. There's 
plenty of information there on who we are, um, our events. There's a active calendar with uh, actual Google Map attachment, so you can find it. Um, we also have um, a uh, a public board, which there's a link from our website directly to, if you want to engage with the community and maybe learn a thing or two. And I'm over here else? being paparazzi yeah. here, but oh, I keep forgetting I need to fix that on the phone. But yeah. oh well, here we are. Yeah, getting pictures taken to put onto the Facebook page and the Twitter feed and all that. And it's like yeah, I didn't warn him, but that's yeah. right. You can send me a copy. <laughs> Get approval before it goes up. No, the world needs to know who what we're doing. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Cold weather allergies. Does not always mix very well. Welcome to Nebraska. Mm. Uh, speaking of, what brought you to Nebraska? My parents, I believe. <laughs> kind of the same situation as me. As I, I had no choice. I was seven. I was born. Let's see. We lived in Plattsmouth. I was born in South Omaha. Uh, oh, so you're a Nebraska native? Yeah, I was born here. I'm sorry. Well, actually, that that part wasn't too bad. I'm old enough to have seen a pretty interesting progression in history, even from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wow, it's it's been a long, interesting journey from the '60s on to the 2018s. There's, Grew up in Plattsmouth. When what? Yeah. 65. 66, 67, probably. I was maybe. Well, I was I was up and moving around. I have memories of. So it's probably to about four or five mm. now it was four because we moved and then i went to elementary school so uh, i was just kind of curious because my my parents before they moved to colorado and i came around lived in nebraska city and Plattsmouth and weeping water and lewisville they were married in 67 well the only reason that I believe that they were actually living in Plattsmouth was my dad worked for the railroad then and he was out those shops. Uh, we may actually have some kind of a connection from way back because one of my cousins worked for the railroad, retired from the railroad recently. Yeah, actually. so did he. But that was some, that was some time back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly when cousin Bill retired. I just know how old he is. My dad passed away in 2000. He retired early from uh, in his like late fifties, mm. so it, there's a there's a pretty good gap there. Mm. Sounds like almost about the same age though, so they may have known each other in one capacity or another. We'll we'll talk later. Oh, about and the, that. when they changed <laughs> over the shops and stuff, um, he was transferred to Lincoln, mm. which they stayed. Yeah, from there. So that's pretty much the the wanderings. Yeah, you haven't wandered too far. <laughs> I have actually. I lived in Denver for college, mm. and oh yeah, I haven't really wandered terribly far. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm from Colorado and I live in Nebraska now, so it was kind of like an interesting you know, little reversal of roles there. But I, I lived in Iowa. I'm there's no real big Lincoln. difference. <laughs> Pretty much just Lincoln, right outside the Twin Cities for a little while. Hmm. Very little while. But, uh, yeah, I've spent most of my time probably glued to what is now the Internet but wasn't back then. Oh, yeah. During the the initial evolution of the Internet, I was going through about a decade of depression. So I worked and I did. I I worked and gamed. 
mm. and worked and gamed in a very small social life. That mm. was also after a terrible heartbreak. It, it was. It was terrible heartbreak. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. I, what was it? I was eight years old, so that would have been 1985 was the first time that I got onto anything resembling what is now the internet. I know, I know. I'm younger. I'm just a puppy. Well, the the history of the like the internet and the personal computer boom mm. isn't that far. It doesn't go back that far. I mean, they were using computers in the 50s, mm-hmm. um, and it slowly progressed. But our, our actual observable boom of the internet and and uh, personal computing only really started in in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So. You've probably seen almost as much of the progression of the use of from email and uh, what was that dial-up uh, newsboards and oh yeah, the, et cetera. Uh, the good old days of dial-up bulletin board systems. Is it one note or ten? With a sixteen k Bob modem. <laughs> That's fast. Yeah, I think I had. I think what was it that four hundred? Oh, I saw them all uh, from from the first yeah. the two point five or so mm. of that all the way up to the um, was it uh, seven seven or fifty six k? Yeah, Bod. Yeah, mm. all the way. I used to every one. Wasn't of them. there a hundred and twenty eight there for a little while before things started to go away from dial up to direct connect? Uh, yeah, it was kind of a last ditch. I think. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. And there are still people who use dial-up. There are still people who because use dial-up. there's parts of the United States, parts of the world that don't have access to the uh, the more advanced connections. Broadband is not everywhere. No, broadband is not always the best thing, anyways. For anybody who was listening live to last week's show, where I had Barbara Snow on, who called up from Ecuador using a magic jack. And I'm sitting there in my living room hoping and praying that my Wi-Fi, my broadband internet, doesn't cut out. She had a better connection than I did. That's Her sound quality wasn't up to par, perhaps. But, you know, when you're dealing with that technology and that far of a distance, it, it sounded like she was, you know, on the other side of the room. But that was fine. It worked well. But I was the one that was losing connection. I'm still pretty amazed that she called from Ecuador. For a second time this year. Yeah. And you could actually carry on the conversation at all. That's mm-hmm. that's a measure also where technology has mm-hmm. boomed. It's also been a dramatic effect on society. It's been a, a dramatic of... effect on the pagan community. Oh, yeah. Well, it, in a lot of ways, yes. The mm-hmm. connection and separation and witch wars and whatever else you want to tuck under that umbrella. I really wish the witch wars would have stayed in the 80s. You know, I, I listen a lot to what goes on, and I don't hear too many really mind-blowing ones right now. It's mostly just the same drama that happens in, in tight-knit groups that mm-hmm. rises and or flares and, and is put out or flares and explodes, but mostly just an excuse to be catty or mean to each other yeah, or something. Which or... is totally what should not be existing within a, a coven. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been more than irritated at more than one of our covenant members over the years, but I've never stepped to a point or will ever, uh, step to a point to where fingers crossed, right, knock on it's pressed board, but there's it'll work. ever meanness, you yeah. know, uh, especially 
directed toward me because I don't really have mean. I have potential of mean. I could draw on it when I need to in a moment, but it's not it's not part of me. I are I are kind inside. <laughs> it's been a boon and a detriment to me over the, over the years, but I, I'm in no way embarrassed about that particular aspect. Yeah, I, I had my years of anger management issues. Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, outgrew most of them before my 20s. Most of mine consists in the fact that I have a razor-sharp tongue and the wit still kind of is there. So <laughs> that's best to just keep that under wraps because it's not really good for community building which is like pretty much my goal no no there's a few things that i would like to talk about with you in the in the coming weeks Mm -hmm. on the show but i don't want to just throw them at you tonight since we really didn't have a whole lot of prep for tonight yeah because well a i want you to be able to think about how you're going to respond because it could be rather cutting with that razor sharp tongue with some of the issues cutting is good when Uh, it's properly applied mm -hmm. Um, if you've listened to some of the things that Corman and I have talked about on Lavender Hill on KZUM, then you have a little bit of an idea of what some of it is. Okay. A particular church that was formed on the East Coast and recognized by the IRS as a uh, 501c3 that has a rather interesting name to the church. Hmm. What's this? <laughs> you speak spoke The Pussy ears. Church of Witchcraft. Oh, geez. All led by cisgender lesbian. Non-cisgender women are frowned upon. And men, cis or otherwise, are frowned upon within the church as well. Hmm, Sounds pretty pigeonholed to me. And kind of connected to some big names in the uh, pagan community. Our listeners probably have an idea, and I'm sure you have an idea of at least one of them, because she winds up in uh, pagan media quite often for what she has to say. You mean like a hate bomb tosser? Um, Z? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and not the former Pagan Musings podcast channel co-host, Z Zarakon. No, different Z. No. And Z. may Zarakon rest well in the Summerlands. Born, live, and die, then be 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 born.
five years even yeah recent it, the recent impacts are still being being felt and acknowledged uh which is also kind of the catalyst behind doing what we're doing here mm-hmm. you know we want to take a responsible approach to where the banner that these gentlemen and women and priests and priestesses and etc have labored over the decades so hard to to move forward we want to make sure that it wasn't for naught you know we have the shoulders of giants to stand on and wave our banner. We're going to do it. Now I wish I had that song ready to go up. Pause. Dave the Bard, Shoulders of Giants. You know that song, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, that's a perfect segue into putting a piece of music in. So yes. we'll do that. And that's the joy of doing recorded. Oh. We can insert that stuff in whenever we want. Yep. I'm going to use as much of this as we choose to. <laughs> Ancient storm, shadows of firelight conspire to conceal. This was my home, a shelter from the night. Now every brush reveals how I ran with the wild. I ran with my brothers with arrow and I leave you this gift of 10,000 years Romans came, a mighty army To the shores of Enesmon I've heard it said, I've heard the story it's have all gone But what stays in our hearts Remains in our memory In story and in song And they have been here All along For the ancients open the door We're the same ever before We will hear you forevermore Evermore So by peace and love we stand Heart to heart and hand in hand On the shoulders of giants we stand Is the path lost? Is it broken? Fallen from our hands Like shards of glass Worn by the ocean Into grains of sand But they're raised by the wind and scattered like ashes all across the land and we won't forget we understand 
Listeners, when they uh, tune in, they're not going to exactly know what's going on, but I'm having fun playing around with the equipment a little bit here and there, going, ooh, this is cool. Got to get a picture of the studio, the whole studio, Mm -hmm. to put onto the Facebook page so that they can see the difference, you know, like do a panoramic type shot or something. shot from that corner would probably be Yeah, a shot from that corner would be good, kind of get an idea, because this is... I've described it on on the podcast when we were getting ready to do this. I've described it as like the bridge of the Enterprise. It is kind of spacey, you got especially this, with the uh, the sound absorbing yeah. on the wall. And you've got this curved desk that has three microphones on one side for guests, has uh, the main host microphone. There's all this compact equipment, really. For what it is. I mean, yeah, we've got an old turntable and we don't have a tape deck. That's what we don't have in here. <laughs> As he tries to hang himself with the, with the uh, headset. Oh, boy, I get to be on camera. Yay. Cool. But, yeah, it's it's quite the difference from what it was before. For anybody who's been listening for nine and a half years of the show... The very first episode was record was broadcast live from inside my ninety six Chevy Blazer. Wow. With a handheld stick microphone that plugged into the audio port of my laptop, which was already out of date at the time. 
piggybacking on the free Wi-Fi service of a local coffee shop <laughs> whose neighbor was a bar. Now, this was at like 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. on a Friday night. Well, that's about coming coming <laughs> from meager beginnings. <laughs> it's still kind of meager. But, it doesn't look all that meager to me right now. No, no, not right now. It, it It's <laughs> quite the awesome change. Right. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of changes over the last nine and a half years with the podcast. There's been a lot of changes over the last 25 years with the uh, Lincoln Pagan community and the global Pagan community. Oh, definitely. Both in really positive and kind of, I don't know why ways. Like we were just yeah before. But with then uh, we get into the frosts, and that's a whole other story. Oh boy, don't get me started on them yet. We'll have to save that for like its own episode or something. Pretty much, uh, and it's it's damage to the the community yeah. more than in most other, mm-hmm. except for maybe uh, a couple other musicians. Yeah, I was actually just going to mention that uh, one of the uh, one of the issues that has come up over the last nine and a half years during the podcast was Kenny Klein's arrest mm. in New Orleans and how that impacted the community in various ways and impacted the musical community as well, not just the pagan community. But uh, we had the pleasure of hosting on the channel through Blog Talk Radio at the time, um, Three Rivers Radio. We did a uh, a one-time segment with them. They were on a different channel, but the channel owner didn't want to touch the topic. Which is understandable. understandable. But they approached us, uh, Kali, Sarah, and I, and wanted to know if it would be possible to do a a one-time spot using our, our service. And we set it up, and they had Zipporah Katz and Joe Pax, Kenny and Zipporah's son. Joined them for a conversation, and that was uh, Sylvie Salou and Tish Owen. And Tish Owen is uh, the organizer of Pagan Unity Fest down in Tennessee. Uh, so they did the show together, and I was there just, you know, kind of manning the, the boards, as it were. I mean, you know, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm sitting at my computer, and I'm listening, trying not to get involved. I'm muted the whole time, and I go, okay, they want this piece of music played. That's all I did, really. But so uh, it was like an opportunity for them to tell their side, or yeah, it was it was an opportunity for Zipporah because she wanted to finally, after years, thirty yeah, years on, or more, since uh, her and Kenny had split, to talk openly about some of what had gone on while they were together, and it was also Joe wanted to talk about what he had experienced. From the son's perspective. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think you remember that the daughter's perspective is pretty opposite of the son's. It's more that she doesn't want to talk about it at all. Uh, um, I can't really speak to what she has to say on it. I do know that when he was arrested and it hit the pagan media, hello, uh, uh, the Wild Hunt, wildhunt.org, and I think um, uh, Pagan Newswire Collective was still in action back then. Uh, so various uh, websites associated with them picked it up as well. And she really didn't have a whole lot that she wanted to say. She wanted to be left out. And I can respect that. Mm-hmm. And that might also point to some kind of, of 
trauma on her part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, oh boy, we need to get onto something a little bit happier now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely something <laughs> anyway, a little bit happier. Go away just to from say that. that. That things that we are not all bringers of light, and mm. it's a very diverse community that we live in, uh, both within and without. Yeah, glancing over, I've got Facebook open on my laptop here, and I'm glancing over, and it's like, well, okay, there's uh, my tradition high priestess sending me a funny. And she has no clue what's going on right now, but she sent a funny, which was kind of appropriate. It's uh, it's a uh, it's a modern filk of baby. It's cold outside, <laughs> which is basically it's it's this family that does filks. Uh, the filk family, um, Holderness family. Oh, don't think I'm yeah, Holderness family yeah. music. But uh, it just has one of them on camera, and he's singing kind of a counterpoint to the baby. It's cold outside. Of, Please just go. I don't care. Go outside. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't care. Just go. Go. I want to go to bed. It's like, I believe in consent. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, yeah, because it's that whole thing with that particular song. Which is just really a waste of breath. Mm-hmm. And the life that it's been given is like any other... It was written Fat. in 1944 by a musician for he and his wife to sing at parties. Mm-hmm. was used in 1949 in the film Neptune's Daughter. That was the first time that it was used for anything other than party entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas classic somehow. Yeah, and that was, um, oh, Esther, last name begins with an H, just forgot it for a moment, and Ricardo Montalban. Starred in Neptune's Daughter with Red Skelton and another actress. And the film was done of that song. The filming of it was uh, Ricardo and Esther doing what most people think of as the context of the song. You know, like he's trying to convince her to stay the night, but he's really not. But that's, you know, it's that imagery. And then you go to Red Skelton and his singing partner, and she's convincing him to stay. So... You're getting both sides of the And story. that that was the original intent of the song. Well in was you know, to play off of that and also to go, you know, hey, society just kinda needs to stay out of everybody else's business. Yeah, they need to chill. Because you know, the the big one that they bitch about is being Crosby's version. And it's a beautiful song. It's well sung. And there wasn't any other different intent from that song than there was from the original. Yeah. It's just people's modern sensibilities are mm-hmm. a little too sharp. Uh, and well, in the last two or three years, it's been covered, I don't know how many times. What they call th- well, that song, but in mm-hmm. general, when I talk about rough sensibilities, since they, they named 2015 the year that everybody got offended. And the really, year of the snowflake? Yeah, well, and it hasn't, it hasn't really changed much. So this this picture that another uh, now retired elder from the Lincoln, Nebraska community, she now lives in Arkansas, uh, Jan Britton. Oh, yeah. uh, like she you. had, um, uh, what was it, uh, Chalice of Our Lady was the uh, covenant teaching group that she had. Mm-hmm. Or, well, that she was a part of. Part that, of. That was Linda Harris. Chalice of Our Lady? Chalice? Okay, Jan branched off and it was Chalice of something. Right. It started off as Chalice of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Harris ran it for several years. Yeah. When she retired, nobody picked up the ball. And things shifted. 
Which happens so often, unfortunately, because, well, when Jan retired, that, that I mean, there was a bonus when she retired in that the Red Grail's attendantship started to go up. Yeah, they weren't terribly large, though. Either. Yeah, it wasn't. A, and there was already a lot of overlap. Right. It's kind of hard not to, at least in the the, the older pagan crowd here. Mm. Yeah. Um, what we're encountering now is is kind of a, a nice sampling of both, really. We're not to see Jan, but it's not odd to see Linda mm-hmm. come and join. And she's definitely part a, a matriarch in a very loving, peaceful sort of way. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love Linda. I enjoy her presence in a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've known her for about as long as I've known uh, Lady Cynthia. Mm. Well, I've got about 10 years. Yeah, and that's that's about it. I got that mm. ten years in a lot of the pagan crowd. Right well, well, you weren't available to the pagan crowd until about ten years ago. No, I was hiding in the darkness. <laughs> but Jan sent a uh, picture, and it's probably a mock-up. But it is a uh, supposed to be the marquee sign for a synagogue, and it reads "Adam and Eve, first ones to ignore Apple terms and conditions." <laughs> It's got a legacy going way back. <laughs> and I mean way back. Uh, she sends me at least one funny a day. That's good. It's communication. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been in more contact, I think, since she moved to Arkansas than when she uh, last lived up this way. She lived outside of Omaha. I've seen that manifest a few times with friends that were here and suddenly got better friends when they moved away. And not because they moved away, but, well, probably because they moved away. Hmm. Absences makes the grow, heart grow fonder, they say. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, oh, wow. We've we've rambled and mused, and I've gone all over the place, and I have no clue exactly what or where. You have, I know you've been scribbling notes down. and, uh, and I'm pointing out things that I know I need to make a, an actual formatted statement. Uh, I don't want to miss some things. Like Cindy wanted me to point out that uh, Avalon... Avalon will manifest as the um, the sustainable life center, mm. which is pretty much the the goal. It's a it's meant as a as a spiritual retreat for every group in the region that wants to or wants to take advantage of it. It'll be a home for the Grail, of course. Mm. By the time we were able to park some of the larger Sabbath features that I've been <laughs> toting around in the back of my car for the last several years, you know. <laughs> Like the maypole, believe me, that's uh, 50 pounds of concrete in a bucket with a 10-foot pole sticking out of it. And it's not really the most fun thing to tote from place to place. No, I would imagine not being able to place it, plant it in the ground. Right, to get it to stay. And it's that's there. It's it's, it's not going anywhere. Then we can bless the space, and it's all good. Mm-hmm. And it comes with its own blessing. This, this coming year, we'll put our seventh wrap around it. Awesome. Yeah. But not bad for a portable pole. Mm. Was this the same pole that we uh, used for that joint celebration in uh, Martell? No, no, okay. that was that was a tree. <laughs> that was a tree. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't believe that we actually provided the. Oh pole. no, that was the pole. I I provided that pole. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we provided the the people, some of the people, and the the a bunch of ribbon and mm-hmm. yeah. And, I remember it ended up with Aralia and uh, um, Kenyon wrapped in the base of it. Yeah. By the time it was all said and done. Yeah. 
I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great bash. It was. Yes, it was. And that pole was later cut down uh-huh. to I'm... make rune sets. Ha. Perfect. And not to mention that was probably one of the most kicking bonfires that I have experienced ever. The guy <laughs> just piled all of the, he cleaned up his, his like two acre acreage, mm-hmm. all the wood and piled it. It had to be 10 feet tall or, and maybe twice that wide mm-hmm. and it, it burned all night long. Yeah. That was, uh, uh, out in Martell, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the property that it was on was actually where the grail first kind of took off. That's where, uh, Cynthia here in lived. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Nebraska. That's where Cynthia lived. And that, yeah, that was well before the gentleman who hosted this yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the host family for that event a number of years ago was kind of quote unquote neutral territory. Oh, definitely. They weren't directly associated with any of the pagan organizations in the area. No, and they were actually one of those wonderful pagan families that just kind of that kind of flows through. Mm-hmm. And while they were here, they were very generous. I remember that the guy had I can't can't remember his name anymore. I I can't for the life of me. He's a, he's an interesting gentleman, but he had a van that had a um, a wood, uh, a heated wood, uh, uh, fuel generating system. In it. it was like an oven that was on the back of the vehicle that heated wood so that the, the gases that are actually, what actually burns mm-hmm. are extracted and the vehicle will get several miles off of just so much wood. <laughs> they had two vehicles set up that way and one that worked. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I missed out on that part. Yeah. Well, he came to circle for, for a while, him and his family, mm-hmm. wild children, wild, wild Aren't children. Aren't most children wild? No, no. These are, these are a traveling pagan family. Yeah. These were wild children. <laughs> but interesting. interesting. Uh, <laughs> the whole event was a, was a Beltane bash that was probably largest that we've put on not uh, having to do with like the the UU mm. was, I don't remember what the final head count was. Oh, there's probably at least sixty people there. Yeah, I know time. it was more than fifty, less than a hundred, yeah. and it was people from the Lincoln and, and the, Omaha areas. We had, right. um, S, we had SEA folks show up. We had uh, Dolphin Moon. We had or the Red Grail, and I believe that. I'm not sure who the Omaha individuals that came because there were a lot of faces there I had never yeah, seen. The, uh, the out-of-towners, if you will, from Omaha, and there was some, <laughs> I think, that came up from uh, the Kansas City area. I know there at least were some that had planned to come up. I can't remember if they made it. first time I met uh, Julia was mm, there. Yeah. Um, they were uh, associated with the uh, Pagan Alliance Network, Yep. which started out as the Nebraska Pagan Alliance in 1997. That was Kali and I mm-hmm. doing that. Kali, Sarah, and I doing that because we looked around. You know, we were 19-year-old college kids, roughly. Something like that. I, I, I yeah. Date yourself here. Yeah, somebody's got to. <laughs> <laughs> but we were looking around, and there was not a whole lot at that time that was available to seekers, if you will. Right. There were a lot of little private groups, little, you know, closed covens or groves or study groups. But there was outside of the grail, 
which was still kind of small and young. But still open to the public. But still open to the public outside of the Grail, there wasn't a whole lot. No. The, well, the, there was Chalice of Our Lady, but once again, you're talking a, a private group, but they still yeah. they still did functions with the Grail also. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. little more exposure than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And from our, what I've heard of the disposition of some of the smaller, less recognized or less savory covens that have come and gone here. Yeah. I do have, have a pretty good knowledge of some of the history <laughs> and it's a lot of, it's very inter- entertaining, especially when we're talking about, about road rash yeah. or, or things that could be it's tossed into that category or <laughs> put him in the corner and let him fight it out. <laughs> I don't Oh yeah, that was it was an interesting time back then. Well, I think would attribute a lot of that to growing pains. Mm-hmm. And you see a lot of of posers come through, um, or just drama queens, uh, or both at the same time. Yes, <laughs> it, it, or trouble, or just like nefarious individuals who are preying upon mm. for, on different things. And that's the the rough thing about. Uh, the pagan community is there's can it can be in some cases a thin veneer between what seems upstanding and what's really going on mm-hmm. you know yeah there's a, a a recurring guest that we've had on the podcast channel that what she spends a lot of her time in workshops and teaching sessions and all that talking about is how to deal with the aftermath or how to prevent it from even happening, uh, Shana or a night. Oh yeah. Um, she, uh, travels the Midwest mostly, but she does go to both coasts and, uh, talks about, uh, consent culture, talks about, um, uh, identifying problem issues within a group or community and how to address those issues before they get too far, mm-hmm. as well as how to deal with them when it's too late. They've already gone too far. Uh, she was a they have, uh, they have flowing aftermath. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was a regular host on uh, Pagans Tonight, way back in the beginning for them. My first uh, contact with her is uh, has been through the ATC because mm-hmm. she's affiliated there, and uh, she also has some attachment to Wolfenstein, the Wicked Seminary. Yeah, uh, she. Uh, was trained in an ecstatic tradition that was connected to uh, the Dianic tradition in one way or another, but not not as, I suppose you could say, conservative as the Dianics. Yeah, not <laughs> exclusive to. Yeah, not as exclusive. There we go. That's a word that is yeah. appropriate. Extreme exclusivity, I guess. That yeah. Uh, she's, she's a great person all oh, around. Yeah. Uh, she's a wonderfully talented artist. Have I, you seen her paintings and her jewelry that she does? I've seen some of her work, but I'm sure she was a lot that I've missed. And she also has uh, fiction and nonfiction that she's written. Uh, everything from, you know, consent culture mm-hmm. articles or what have you, all the way up to um, little interesting to read that much of a consent issue in an adult book, if you follow. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she's got a, a holiday shifter story that she did in the um, uh, paranormal romance genre. Interesting. That uh, addresses consent 
without taking away from the uh, the heat of the moment. Right, which is it's important and it's a tactful, you know, thing that is. Well, Kali Sarah and her um, her series that she's been doing in the paranormal romance realm uh, has uh, consent brought up into it in a manner that doesn't detract from the heat of the moment either. Because yeah, yeah. you can't just assume. No, you there, can't. There's a level that you can assume, but mm. it's just not politically correct and or. <laughs> and and a, in a those genres, in the paranormal romance and the erotica genres and stuff like that, a lot of people just kind of gloss over it and go right for it. Yeah, it, but it needs to, you can put that flow in there. You don't have to go straight for the pot boiler. No. You know, you can. You can use, build up to it. You can have the conversation, right. the exchange of energy before. You can just exercise ethics in your writing, mm. at least even more, or yeah. hone it a bit. And you can, well, definitely express ethics in life. <laughs> definitely. That's my biggest ministry, my friend. Walk in the streets on a daily basis, and the individuals that I encounter, um, it the the priest in me doesn't turn off. Yeah, it, it's there more than my I'm at work hat, you know, or... I'm at I'm at home hat because it's always on. Oh yeah, definitely. I I've tried taking that hat off, and it doesn't. It, it's if you are willing to take it, it's it's a part of you. Yeah. <laughs> from that point on, um, and as as um, the the high witch will tell you over and over that uh, when you are either within the Grail or good friends with the Grail or a part of the community, everything that you do comes back to the grail in one way or another because somebody out there has seen you and knows and it winds up, strangely enough, things that have absolutely nothing to do with us directly or associates or, or the things that a friend has done, it still somehow manages to be attributed to us. We had this interesting situation happen Four or five, four or five months ago, we got an interesting email from a called himself a warlock in Omaha, and he was downright upset that we had we had been a part of the performing of a large uh, demon exorcism in Omaha, and that we had contributed five people from our 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 staff and a couple people from out of state who were inexperienced and bad things happened. <laughs> and we're like, any of you've done a exorcism in the last like ever, <laughs> and it 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 boiled into an interesting it turning out that we're going back to the kind of individuals who where the veneer exists. We met with the individual, and boy, were they apologetic, and said, "No, it had to be somebody else." And I've done a lot of research on it, so and they just seemed like. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was coined as his description as being an edge lord. Yep. I'm yeah, just ugh, trying to. Ugh. Yeah, he looked like a pattern witch, and his wife was just the same, quiet, and followed him without saying anything. Mm, okay. It was an interesting experience. That's when we held a private conversation when there was a, a big event going on 
which is even more into the category of edgelord type. Mm-hmm. Always trying to be as edgy as possible. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't need to do that. <clears throat> I have enough experience. I can just be me. I don't have to, to add to the already swarming controversy that is every breath we take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, back to that. The, when you're associated in a smaller community as, as we are, it's not hard for actions that have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the grail to be attributed to the grail. Mm. Even if it's really small or somebody got their feelings hurt. Even after um, Mystic Fest this last time, um, I got an email from Charlie Odrazi and he was asking, did, did you get into an altercation or an argument with someone who was at Mystic Fest on Sunday or the, the second day of it? And uh, I'm like, well, I don't get in an altercation with anybody if I can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, well, we had some lady said that you, that you or one of your uh, members had gotten into an altercation with, with her and told her that she was in the wrong religion. It, that's what she got bent out of shape about was that particular, whatever that statement came from. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and uh, we're like, you know, we honor all paths. I'm the last person to tell anybody that their spirituality is not up to par and they're doing the wrong thing. I give advice, but no, your path is your path. We honor all. And Charlie's like, you know, I knew you were going to say that because I don't believe it anyway. But I still have to go and do the thing. I still have to do the thing because he, he's, he's Charlie. And then he came back to me. He's the face of Omaha magic. Pretty much. (laughs) The face of magical Omaha. Definitely. And an all-around pretty bright-out-there kind of guy. Mm, yeah, we jokingly yeah. referred to him as the godfather of metaphysical shops in the Midwest. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he's, he's still on his throne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Charlie is a great guy. I've known him for many a year, uh, since shortly after the store opened, actually, next mm-hmm. millennium, um, and have had... Great conversations with him have also been pulled aside over something like that. And actually, it was something that had legitimately happened. Hmm. Uh, not going to go into great detail on that because the other person involved isn't here. Right. To, it's, it's uh, to speak to, to themselves. Address the issue directly. But, uh, yeah, it was it was not a comfortable spot to be in. And it wasn't because he made us have that conversation. He actually had the two of us face-to-face to to have the conversation, Uh was there involved as an observer, kind of like a mediator, until he knew that it wasn't going to accelerate into something nasty, and then he stepped away. Yep, and that's that's his his role, and that's the important aspect mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, and, you know, when it's something that happens. (laughs) His business, I mean, he's he's been, he's not only been doing the next millennium and Magical Omaha, et cetera, uh, he also has increased the, excuse me, the, the amount of Mystic Fests because it has been so successful. The ship that he started launched several years back mm-hmm. and is still doing extremely well. Trying to think the second or third Mystic Fest that was in a community center. Yeah, not in a hotel. Not, yeah, room. not hosted at a hotel or something like that. Well, this is um, a great big room it's yeah. an ex- expo room my niece was five or six and she's going to be 28 in february 
So, yeah. He's been at it for a while, yeah, and it's definitely grown. And uh, so Mystic Fest is twice a year now. Yes, and he's doubled our opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, you can and, find us at every Mystic Fest. And also opened the door for other events to happen in the area. Uh, there's a uh, Yule Festival-type thing going on in Ralston there's this con- year. There's Conjure Fest also. Yeah, Conjure Fest. Every year. Um <clears throat> Some of the other events that happen in the Omaha area are kind of uh, you know, branched off, if you will, from him in that they were people who worked for him at the store and now they have their own thing that they do. Well, not to mention his success also shows that you can actually do a pagan business in a non-pagan community. Yeah. You know, um, and not have your windows broken out all the time or... <laughs> yeah, beautifully. I, I saw this, this quick snippet on Facebook three or four years ago, mm-hmm. maybe not quite that far. Um, someone, a metaphysical store, I think in North Carolina somewhere, uh, had had its sign vandalized because it's the name, uh, it had ISIS on the sign. That was Denver. Denver. All right. ISIS on the sign. And mm-hmm. that wasn't even the name of the store. And that was only two years ago. Right. And that's just yeah, um, lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. idiocracy, uh, pent up rage. One of my close friends in the Denver area actually works part-time at that shop. Hmm. Well, that's <clears throat> thanks for the better information. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, when that came across, it was before he started working there. But when that came across my uh, my news feed uh, through like the Wild Hunt or mm-hmm. something, maybe it was one of the Patheos blogs in, under their pagan channel or what have you, when that first came across, it was like, What? You know, there's a phrase I've been using a lot other than red button. That's my new favorite phrase. And Red button? Yeah, red yeah. button. That's instead of dropping the F-bomb, I say red button. Um, uh, red button. <laughs> big red button. Yeah. Um, I'll have to remember that. Is uh, red bigot button. say what? And I've been using uh, – uh, the increased use of that has been recent, but I've been using that phrase forever. Uh, because, it's understandable too. What, yeah, what it means it mm-hmm. doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. Yeah, uh, it it plays off of a phrase that uh, was tauntingly thrown at me in junior high and high school. That mm-hmm. sounds like bigot. Say what? Oh, <laughs> we'll leave that one alone because well, I don't want to dwell on that. But uh, yeah, the uh, today's today. Yeah, today is today. You know, I if I hadn't experienced some of the things that I did as a uh, young man, as a teenager, I wouldn't be who I am today. No, that's for darn sure. But uh, yeah, there's things that happen. Um, what was it? Um, it's the framework of our life. Oberon, Oberon Zell, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, attempt. Most recent attempt at having a uh, 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 building to house the museum, if you will, yes. of uh, Church of All Worlds. San Diego, was it? It was somewhere in California, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was vandalized. Hmm. Has nothing to do with why he, they closed up shop. That's interesting because although his, his wife's uh, goddess collection was in the same building. Mm-hmm. And it all went back into storage. Yeah. And he's actually back out on the road meeting America. I think he's wintering in Salem. <laughs> Salem, Mass. I know he spent all of Imagine October that. in Salem. 
Uh, he was in Omaha just a couple of weeks before he went to Salem uh, doing a, uh, a presentation at uh, Next Millennium. Got to go to that. That was that was yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I have advanced warning, but I, I didn't make that one. Yeah, it was one of those. The only way I'm going to make it is if somebody can drive me up there, Faye. He's one of those one of those established names that I have not met yet. Mm. Yeah, um, he he's wonderful, wonderful guy. He's interesting, <laughs> to yeah. put it lightly. Uh, I I have a feeling if we were to have him on the show uh, on a live show, I would be uh, okay. Where's that red button? We don't have one in here. He's not quite as bad as Isaac was. Well, we that. can we can edit. Yeah, we can edit, yeah. but when it's a live show, mm, yeah, no live. Because that would be awesome to you know to have him in the KZM studios for uh, a live interview. Yeah, it would. Or a call-in would even. Uh, call-in, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, we've got things going on here now with use of this wonderful new studio. Thank you again, KZM. It's it's going to be possible. No, it's going to be possible. Because I was already talking to him about it before I met with him in September. And it's just been more of uh, pinning him down. And he's like, I'm wintering in the same place. I'm not doing a whole lot of travel during the winter months. So it'll be easier to pin me down. So I just need to shoot him an email. Yeah, you need not to pester the old guy. Yeah, old guy. <laughs> he's set, he's seventy two or something, isn't he? Some it's somewhere around him. Terribly, to, but he's been seventy, so he's officially mm. venerable. And he's around the same age as my mother. I know that much. He's probably about as <coughs> as fragile as Grey Mare. Perhaps a little bit more so. <laughs> little, so she's not. I know she's not fragile. She's a dang tank. I haven't seen her in years, and I. Oh, hey, speaking of being able to see people and all that, I actually looked at my calendar closely, and what I am committed to do Did on it? Saturday the fifteenth, which which is uh, the uh, Grail's Yule celebration. What's that? Is something that I can s- schedule to happen without me being there. And that is, it's a. Uh, author takeover event on Facebook so I can schedule my posts. So you're going to come to the Yule party. I'm hoping to provide that my car will yeah. let me. And even if it doesn't, I'll be like, Michelle. Yeah. If it doesn't, we will get you. Yeah. It's like, well, I, one of our friends isn't going to be able to be there because he has to work. But if he was going to be there, I'd be like, can I just hit you right with you? Yeah. But it'll, it'll happen. And I even know what I can bring as the white elephant gift. Or is that the green buffalo gift? No, it's the white elephant. Green <laughs> buffalo is a gift, but it, you need to bring that thing back. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> but kind of going along with that, um, the Grail and a lot of the other pagan organizations, pagan churches, covens, what have you, in this part of the country have become more and more open to sharing. Oh, definitely. And the, the Grail's almost always been yeah. in that vein. Open arms. Um, so, you know, I'm, within, I'm not a member reason. of the, yeah, yeah, let me clarify like, that. Yeah. Within reason, You're within right. reason. I'm not a member of the grail, but I always feel welcome. Oh yeah. You always will be. Um, so yeah, it's been five years, I think, since I went to a grail Yule. No, you're not going to burst into flames when you walk in. So no, no, it's, it's pretty safe. I haven't burst into flames when I walk into the Unitarian <laughs> church anyways. I don't know if I were to go into sacred heart, but. <laughs> oh gosh. That would take a lot to give me. Well, I don't know. It's the the architecture is interesting. It, it is interesting. It's beautiful on the inside. All right. It's interesting on the outside. That would be the only only real provocation because I've been through enough of those kind of services. Sit stand, steal, sit sit stand, kneel, sing, 
stand, kneel, sing. Sunday stand, morning kneel, calisthenics. Sit. That's what my dad called it. Sunday morning. Well, and that was how it was. In, it was designed to keep the congregation from not falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Keep them somewhat engaged, but keep them awake. You don't have to have high mass every Sunday. Mm, no. Well, that's what puts people to sleep. I I've only attended high mass once. Oh, and that's about an hour and a half just for the the this yeah the, the whole smudging and, the, the, and the the whole litany of it. Oh, last time I was there, <clears throat> sitting next to Cindy, and. We were just cheering back and forth how really ceremonial that looks. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. How but, very well, pagan it Look, they're feels. going, they're going like sunward and <laughs> censoring and, and, oh, wow, they're smudging. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And we're the bad guys? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I've only gone to a uh, Catholic mass once and that was a, at a friend's funeral. That was my first introduction in... From what I've heard, that's not the best way to start because funerals tend to be very low. <laughs> well, his his mother insisted on high mass. Mm. He was no longer Catholic. Oh, really? How'd she pull that one off? Uh, he had never officially left the church, uh, even though the church would have, at least in earlier years of his life, would have uh, excommunicated him. I was going to say, if he was separated, that would be a hard thing because they're pretty notorious. For, yeah, for um, but they hadn't gone to that point. He was he was um, a fully functional hermaphrodite living as a gay man. That's kind of sort of ever so confusing. Exactly. All in one package. Yeah. And his long-term partner, uh, he passed, both of them passed away before uh, SCOTUS passed uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, but his longtime partner was not of, at all happy with the choices that his deceased partner's mother made for the oh, funeral. and that happens a lot. Yeah. She like at least allowed him to attend. Just the other day. <clears throat> I'm sorry? Uh, happened to, same thing happened to a friend. Not very long ago, and we prevented the a possible reenactment of that situation when Gwen was passing away. Mm. She was shielded from those who would have. Yeah. Um, I was talking yesterday afternoon with Lady Rihanna out in Colorado, my traditions, uh, mm-hmm. founding high priestess. And uh, she, you know, we were talking about some of the things that could potentially happen with the podcast now that we've moved into this setting. And she's like, I have a feeling that 2019 is going to be a year of talking about self-care, mm-hmm. elder care. Definitely. Uh, strengthening the community. Yep. We've recently had an extended uh, setting of elder care and a exclamation point on the importance of um, all well-formed uh, community groups. You don't have to be a coven. You don't have to, uh, Churches need to take it on more often. Um, elder care is important. Today's system, if they're not supported, if they don't have somebody in their corner, they're going to get driven into a meat market. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how it works. And if they have nothing, that's not a very even clean meat market. It's bad. We need to stand up. But folks also need to keep into account that they need to make plans themselves also. Because one of the, tell you, one of the roughest things that you can do is take somebody who's Life is completely messed up when it comes to finances and the intertangling with their own personal problems. Once they are passing away and they have 
not a, uh, a handhold to cling to, unless there's somebody there, they're going to go down in flames. And that's not really the, the most opportune situation to find yourself in. So do yourself a favor, make your end of life plans, discuss them with those who are important to you, who are going to be there. Make sure it's known, take care of things, sign the papers, mm. make sure you know that people know where stuff is and just get that off the back of your head. Yeah. Make it good. And if everybody does that, more people do that. You, you take a real nightmare off of your children, your friends, your organizations, etc. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, so dear that I refer to her as a sister. She has two things that she keeps on the front of her freezer door, along with all the other odds and ends that wind up being stuck there with magnets and tape, that they change. They get updated. One of them is her end-of-life plan, her living will. And she makes sure that the important people in her life know where it's at. And if it's not there, she has told certain people where there is a copy of it. Good. What's but the other thing? The other thing is a sign that says, fill the red button ice trays. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, We, we kind of call her Wendy. She's kind of mom to a bunch of lost boys in the Lincoln community and has been for years. She's, she's unable to have children of her own for various medical reasons. Mm. But she is a loving, caring, wonderful person, has been involved in some form of community work almost her entire life. Um, is a, I suppose you could call her a solitary practitioner. Uh, getting her to go to public functions is extremely difficult. She has social anxiety. Uh, Yet she still met... works with all these th- projects right because they're 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 family yeah. in that respect mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, she's yeah i've known her over the maven yeah i've wow. known her over 25 years hmm. and she's got you know those two things on her freezer door and her her front door has a sign that says uh we're all here because we're not all there Which is very appropriate Wonderful for her sentiment. Yes, uh, one of her uh, one of her kids, quote unquote, um, made it for her. She used to uh, be a psych technician with the regional center. Oh, so she's their, got skills to go with it. Yeah, she was on their uh, Whitehead campus. I think Whitehead, uh, Whitehall, Whitehall campus. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I was I was combining the that you know that part of the regional center with a uh, whitehead oil yeah whitehead oil and a really unfortunate political move <laughs> <laughs> you made a faux pas uh-huh. yeah oh he definitely made a faux pas when he raised gas prices after he lost the election whitehead oh, yeah yeah but that was that was some time back though wasn't it uh leading into uh Nebraska governor Ricketts first term so Four years ago, yeah, or six years ago, excuse something me. like that. All I know is, is I was working, quote unquote, working in the industry at the time, working in C stores. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, she's an example of the kind of people that we've been talking about in the last few minutes. That and the work they do at Whitehall too. The Silver mm-hmm. Association there is important. Yeah, uh, she worked uh, with the uh, juvenile sex offenders, which is kind of what most of their campus is about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, from what I've heard in the last few years. Yeah, that's what the uh, last, Whitehall campus has become. It's a last ditch for those that have no other choice. 
Yeah. And uh, some of those boys that she worked with, um, no, she's been retired from it for over a decade now. Some of those boys that she worked with still come to her when they have problems. Oh, she's definitely been the maven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the only reason why she got out of doing that kind of work is because, well, uh, she kind of tore both knees up doing oh, the work. I would imagine. It's a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not physically fit anymore to do it. Um, and it's <laughs> up there in years. Uh, don't let her hear you say that. Because <laughs> she's, she's not even 10 years older than me. I'm not going to go there either. <laughs> she's around your age. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she's terribly young. Yes, right. yes. Terribly young, terribly young. Not a single gray hair. Not one. Yeah, it's because they're dyed red. <laughs> For her. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, when uh, Lady Rhiannon brought that up to me yesterday in conversation, it was because that's what's on the docket in the Denver community for their uh, pagan meetup. Uh, twice a month they have a uh, pagan meetup where they get together at one of the local restaurants. It's not locally owned. Well, actually, it is kind of locally owned because it's headquartered in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about... Whatever. It's usually planned well in advance. Uh, Greyheart is the gentleman that uh, organizes for that. Greyheart. Yeah. Um, he's got, he does something online, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's a, some kind of school of witchcraft that he does. But um, he hosts it, if you will. He, he, he moderates. There we go. He moderates the conversation. And he and some of the other elders of the community talk behind the scenes and kind of plan out what's going to be happening for that's, their discussions. So it's not just him deciding. And they, they take input from those that attend. And they've had people who have attended out there for the entire time. You know, they're there. If not every time, they're there 50% of the time because, you know, life happens. Yeah. We move at the speed of life is something that I've. Coin quite often. Yeah. Is there a t shirt that you've made for that yet? If no. not, you should. No, but I just put a TM on it. <laughs> Pending. Yeah. Um uh, like Lady Rhiannon, she she took a break from going to it unless her husband made her go because she wanted to spend as much time with him as possible when he was dying. She was doing her part. To right. take care of him. And he, every once in a while, would be like, you need to go take care of yourself. Right. And that's another self-care issue. Mm-hmm. Is as much as, as the caregiver is probably needed it's from time to time, but they, all, they also need that away time. Yeah. Not just the caregiver, but the, the, the receiver of the care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, our friend Celia has a song that kind of uh, pertains to all that. Have you have you heard her uh, 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 the caregivers song? I think is what it's called. I don't believe I have. Um, some people hate it. I'll be honest, but that's because it strikes too close to home. Well, she's tended to strike pretty close to home recently, more than ever. But, she has an enticingly clever wit that cuts two ways.
Yeah, it's to me, it's a beautiful song. It was, uh, yeah, the caregiver song. It's on her album for the asking, which is uh, the one with the blue background. Mm-hmm. If you have her albums physically, last time we saw her, we took her everything on the table deal, plus a pending, not released album at the time, and that was she was here a couple of years ago at the the Unity Church here in Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Was that that was about two years ago? Yeah, it? about yeah, two years or so ago. Yeah, it was not very long after after Caldera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I've enjoyed going to her concerts when I've had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I yep. think I've made it two, maybe three. Can't remember how many times she's been in the Lincoln area in the last decade. That's she. She's performed at the Unitarian. She's done the the Unity show, and that's the times I've seen her. I've seen her here. Yeah, and she did a show in Omaha at First Unitarian. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that one. Uh, and she uh, she donated to KZUM uh, for Murphy's Magic Mess two tickets. All right. To go. You know, basically you wind up on the list and well she's like, uh and you get a ticket too, Phil. <laughs> uh, yes. But I wound up transporting the uh the winners of those tickets. It was, you know, just a little random call in thing. I, I drove oh. them up for it. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So you know, it was it was a great drive up conversation mm-hmm. with them. It was cold Did you winter have your night. Stick, Mike? No. No, no. Actually, by then I had a little handheld digital recorder, which I still have floating around somewhere. Very nice. I, I took it with me to Heartland the uh, two times that I've gone. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I've only gone twice. And it's been a while since I've gone. I've only been there once. Okay. So, But I have put 10 years into, into Three Gates, yeah. which is a wonderful nexus of multiple um, – Multiple communities coming together, a whole lot of ATC influence. Mm-hmm. And well, that's uh, Alfred, Alfred Willowhawk. Willow yep. Can we say that anymore in unison? <laughs> <laughs> he is my friend. Yeah, we we've had him on the podcast as well. well in we the should past. see if we can try to get you know, both of them. Trying to yeah. get uh, Alfred Willow at the same time, <laughs> though, would be mm. interesting. Yeah. Well, like. Um, who was it that I, I we did actually have Oberon on many many moons ago? Uh, because I remember he had to excuse himself from the mic, well, from the phone, for you know what some people sometimes have to do, mm-hmm. uh, and he handed the phone over to Morning Glory. Oh, hi! Which was totally unexpected. No, but a wonderful pleasure. Yeah, and it was she was in remission at the time. So she was very much herself. Good. Wasn't, you know, focusing on her health as much as she was towards the end. But uh, she, he handed the phone over to her so he could go take care of business. And I was already away doing the same thing. So I didn't know what was happening. Oh, just, you just Did she just start talking or? Well, Kali Sarah was oh, okay. on the show. <laughs> so that, um, It's nice to have a co-host. Yeah. So I excused kind of myself breaks. very quietly as in. The guests didn't know. I sent Kali Sarah a private message, either text or on Facebook or whatever, going, I need to go use the little wizard's room. Right. And I come back and I'm like, that's not Kali Sarah's voice. And that's not Oberon. Who am I listening to? And I'm just, you know, listening to her talking about her, her goddess figure collection. Oh, oh. <laughs> and it, it dawned right on me who it was that was talking, and I'm like, Morning okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's like I'm going to just 
let her go for as long as she wants to. Right. And that's that's good. She needed as, as probably as much spotlight as, mm-hmm. as Oberon manages right. to get. And I think that may have actually been one of her last uh, recorded interviews. Maybe you'll be famous sometime with the last interview of Morning Glory. Mm, yeah. Uh, just like I missed out on the opportunity to have Isaac on. Uh, we were actually talking about having him on leading up to when he got so sick he couldn't do anything. Um, so, yeah, just even weeks before he passed, we were talking about, you know, pinning down a date. There's been a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas. Yeah. And that's one of my goals with the show is to avoid those woulda, coulda, shouldas and Let's actually make, make happen. them happen. There's some that I can help that out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been our first uh, our first Pagan Musings podcast with the new cast, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel. Yeah, it's, I don't know exactly how, when, or where everything's going to be happening, but uh, we are going to be endeavoring to do our best to continue to produce weekly programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I have stuff in archives that has never been aired. Oh. So if Sounds need like be, fun. I can piece some things together. I uh, had an uh, interview with the uh, uh, Celtic musician Jillian Ledege over a year ago that never got broadcast. So I'm going to try to put that together. All right. Line that up and maybe listen to it as she's talking. and mm-hmm. Maybe make it possible in time for like St. Patrick's Day or something. It's Celtic music. That works, right? <laughs> music works all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. It's just a little more fitting. We're not going to wear green in the studio, though. Why? You're wearing green. Well, in, well I am, but not intentionally. <laughs> this is my everyday. And it's like, I'm not today. I went totally, almost totally KZM. I'm not wearing KZM socks. They're not clean. I noticed that. They, I was going to say, I noticed they have KZM socks. This is the second. And cookie cutters. Yeah, this is the second round of KZM socks. First round was yellow, black, and white. They were rather gaudy, but that was intentional. Less gaudy than your blue and canary orange yellow ones? Oh, those were fab. <laughs> okay. But anywho, uh, <coughs> I think uh, we're going to wrap up here. And uh, for our listeners out there, going to end with, uh, I think we're going to end with The Landing by Tawatha Dia. There you go. And uh, a spiral rhythm off of the tribe, which was the uh, the last full album that they did before the green album, I think. No, the last full album they did before the green album was uh, Tufa Tales. Right. Which is a great one. That was had, also about the time that the books came out, too. Yeah, had well, we had uh, Danny, uh, Rebecca, and Alex Bledsoe on talking about the collaborative effort there between the two Fatale novels and the two Fatale album. Yeah. We're going to get to talk to some people. Yeah. (laughs) Some of my favorite people. Now all we have to do is see if we can get a conversation with Omnia. That one would be a little difficult to set up, but it it can be done. I mean, Kali, Sarah, and I had multiple interviews with George Nicholas from Kernunos Rising, Mm -hmm. and he lives in Liverpool. Well, I, t- today, communication is not so much whether we can make the connection, it's the whether we can entice them to be interesting enough to want to talk to us. Yeah. And 
the pleasure of doing recorded programming instead of live is that we can work with their schedule a little bit more. But in different time zones. Yeah. Because, mm. uh, you know, that's – George is five hours ahead of us, five, six hours ahead of us in Liverpool. Oh, and they're from – I believe they're in Austria. Yeah, Omnia's in Austria, so they're – It's another time Six, zone seven zone. hours? Yeah. It's, oh, I think it's a, maybe two time zones from there. Two times zones, so seven, eight. still in the – in the Baltics, or yeah. pre-Eastern or Western mm. part. Uh, we've had uh, Spiral Dance on. I love those folks. And how Adrian uh, enticed the band to be there with her when she was on was she had to bribe them with brunch. Oh, we were on at 10 o'clock at night. She was bribing them with brunch. Hmm. <laughs> and well, she had somebody from Florida they... in the room with them. Really? Oh, they probably were all messed up too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, awesome. this is interesting. But yeah. Um, so yeah, go out with Tawatha Dia. We've also had S.J. Tucker with Cheshire Kitten. We've had Celia with uh, the Caregiver's Song. And somewhere in amongst all of that, we did have uh, Die and Be Reborn by Abby Spinner McBride. Uh, we'll be back next week with more conversation. Who knows where we're going to go exactly? We've got some time to actually do some plotting and planning. Right. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll kind of just finish the yeah. advertising part. Oh yes, at least the <laughs> the grail backing ones, so we mm -hmm. can just pop it in and pop it out. Uh, so we don't want to miss out on on the the opportunities for for the local community mm -hmm. and the greater community. I, I wasn't kidding about Bella and Dusty. I might be able to entice them at the very least. To call in. To connect. Yeah that, yeah, that that would be awesome. I've not had the opportunity to talk with either one of them more than, you know, like comment conversations on Facebook. Right. Uh, we, uh, our last podcast, um, she heard, mm -hmm. and her remark was that it was absolutely spot on and folks should be, listen should be listening. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is that why we went from two thousand a month to almost five thousand a month? It could be. <laughs> well, and chips, we get along spectacularly. Mm. So that was a big part of it. Yeah, uh, I'll be teaching on the seminary, so maybe we can bring in some of the other else. teachers too. Yeah. That would be awesome. That's possible. And so there's some. Mary Belinsky is the high high priestess of Canada, or excuse me, the arch priestess of Canada through the ATC. Plus. Um, the uh, Janet Farrar and Gavin Bone, mm, which both, I've been wanting to have them on forever. Right, they they both are affiliated with the ATC. Also, mm. this is one of the ones that when Dusty and Bella travel, they go visit. Plus, mm. they've also been doing some workshops on on the seminary. Mm. Gavin Bones taught a couple classes, so yeah, let's see if we can make it happen. Yeah, when uh, Janet and Gavin were at uh, Heartland last. Was last time I attended, and uh, I had my my digital recorder. Got permission from everybody on the uh, uh, roundtable discussion that they do every year to record and to use it for podcast and all that. And uh, so I had a little bit of them for the show, but the main focus wound up being on what is the what is the future of the pagan community. Wow, there's an ongoing and you had. Janet Farrar, Gavin Bone, um, uh, Ed Hubbard was there. Um, trying to remember who else, but I think 
was that the year that Christopher Penzak was there as well? It's possible. Oh, he's been there many years, but Talk about a band with a lineage. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep track of who all was oh, Mike Nichols was oh. on the panel. That's 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 that was the other name I was trying to think. Mike Nichols was on the panel, and somebody from the the listening audience, if you will, that was there listening live, you know, face to face with the panel uh, during the Q and A session, turned the tables and had the future of the pagan community come up and talk about what was it was, it was three to five. I can't remember. Individuals between the ages of fifteen and twenty-five, yeah, the the upcoming pagans, yeah. yeah, came up. They didn't, you know, they didn't come up to the the uh, panel table or anything, but they came to the mic and talked mm-hmm. about where they see things going, and it opened some some doors for conversation. Well, I think it may have it even should. opened some eyes because there's there's some some whales floating around the community that aren't that are big names but aren't necessarily all that connected mm-hmm. or might be connected. But, you know, like, like splintered America, there's so many different things to pay attention to and mm-hmm. it's easy to get distracted and not see things that are right there yeah. in front of you, especially when they're telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was a great conversation that they wound up having Good. and it was podcasted through Pagan Musings podcast channel. So it's there. I'll have to bring that up in archives. I'll have to uh, repost that on our Facebook page. Might also be some questions there that we might want to take up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, uh, and maybe talk to some of the up and coming mm-hmm. folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's some here in Lincoln. There's some in Omaha. And there's some. Oh, hey. Hello over there in South Africa. Right. We have had uh, Damon Leff from the uh, South African Pagan Alliance visit on the show a couple of times talk about carrying the banner that's a place they can kill you for that yeah mm-hmm. definitely and uh we had him on it was the pagan musings podcast itself we also had him on uh uh the pagan weekly news when Zarakon Sodders was doing that with me i don't remember the name of the brotherhood but i have recently recently been contacted by a <clears throat> established a wiccan church and uh monastery in spain Ooh, they want to twin with us. Oh, so now, that could definitely be interesting. Absolutely unprovocated too. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, like a also a South African Christian priest mm-hmm. contacted us and, and wanted to us to bring our successful uh, 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 recipe to South Africa and fight the good fight with him. Like I said, all kinds of things come in weird ways. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I get random emails from... I get random snail mails. (laughs) Random snail mails come in, and it's like, whoa. still do that, right? Yeah. Well, it's usually uh, people that have gotten contact information for me through the uh, pagan ministry services for uh, inmates. Yep, we're on there. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, which Fox is actually still a pretty good contributor yeah. to outside uh, uh, inquiries that don't come through our website. If they don't, they'll come through which Fox. Mm. But yeah, we could just keep going on and on and on right. with random things that pop into our heads, but we right. don't really have the time for that. Yeah, so uh, 
Thank you, Crow, for joining me as, as a uh, co-host here on the Pagan Musings Podcast. We look forward to more. Yeah. Uh, like I said, going out with Tuatha Dee is The Landing. That's off of their uh, album, The Tribe. They did it with Spiral Rhythm. So we'll catch you next time here on the Pagan Musings Podcast channel. Until then, many blessings be upon you. Yep. Be well, folks. Long ago, ancients tell... From the east they came, traveling on great clouds, to the land we call Ireland. Here, they defeated the indigenous tribes, both Burborg and Fomorian, and ruled for a thousand years. In time, sheer numbers of the Milesian hordes ran them underground, to the underworld. The tyranny known. They became the stuff of myth and lore. The magic folk. The wee folk. The children of Danu. The Tawatha de Danan.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.